0: Katie Barecki, David Leiden, welcome to Wear Off Script. Thank Yay, you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Rock paper scissors shoot paparazzi following.
0: A kind of, <laughs> yeah. David is kissing babies, signing <laughs> dollar bills. Thank you all.
2: I'm looking at the clock right now, as if like it's gonna help me answer this question.
1: <laughs> Give me guidance. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's. Too- well, who did your makeup today? It's me. <laughs> I'm the makeup and hair crew. Me. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Turns out it was a gag gift. No! But I had to sit there the whole Christmas morning opening presents with my family, pretending to be grateful.
0: David, you look very fancy. You yeah, look like you're for here for occasion. work. We're we did not, not get the yeah. memo. No, we're <laughs> casual. No, I think David is actually the one who was trying to show us up here. I mm-hmm. said, dress casual. It's I will exactly be wearing leggings or sweatpants. <laughs> to be fair, it is in the middle of the work day, so I yeah. get it. But yeah, we're dressed casual. Uh, How would you spell cash if we were in a spelling bee right now? Cash? Cash. Oh, gosh. C A Z. C A Z. Okay. I mean, I guess. Or C A S U? Ooh, that could work. I was thinking C A Z. (laughs) C A Z S H. -H. -H. Cash. Cash. Like cash. Yeah, with a Z. But with a Z. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Aren't we supposed to be
2: like English language experts? Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we are. We're trying to be. (laughs) Oh, boy. We're cash. This is not how you see us dress for the news. David, that's how you dress for the news. Because
2: I own nothing but suits.
0: (laughs) David, on a Saturday, as soon as he rolls out of bed (laughs) at 7 a.m., he's (laughs) thrown on that tie. (laughs) He's ready to go. Amazing. Amazing. But, yeah, you guys do Anchor the Five together. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it. You guys actually had kind of a similar path uh, reporting. Working on the weekend, yeah. anchoring, and then doing the five together yeah. now. Yeah,
1: I, it's kind of crazy. And just five
2: years apart.
0: Just five years apart, <laughs> yes. No, but,
1: I mean, I shadowed David. I remember coming in and shadowing David and being like, this guy's so cool. But like, I want to work nice with of him. you to say. No, it's like, I'm legit. Like, I, I think we went to Mayo the first time I shadowed you. My hometown. And I think it was some type of, like, I don't know. Quilts of Valor thing that we were at, but everybody was like, "David Lieden, that's whoa, well, let me shake your hand," and I was like, "This guy's awesome. I want to work with him." They were paparazzi following. A kind
0: <laughs> of, yeah. David is kissing babies, signing <laughs> dollar
1: bills.
0: Thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you never forget that kind of stuff, though? Oh yeah, no, I, I like never you never forgot. forget
2: it. I I can't remember.
0: No, and like, that's, I was going to be like, do you remember this?
2: With.
1: And you're like, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no, but I, I really, I look up to you, David, as well, like a you. person and like a journalist. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I want to be you. <laughs> like one day, I want to be David Leiden one day. Like I got the back corner desk, which I think was your old desk.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. And
1: I was
0: like, <sighs>
2: That's where I got Maybe. pushed in the pandemic.
0: <laughs> Maybe some of David's goodness vibes are will rub so
1: off <laughs>
0: <laughs> And now you guys work side by side. Yeah,
1: and it's I, it's awesome for We finally me.
2: got you out of the corner desk. You
1: finally got me out of the corner desk, yes. As much as I liked the corner desk, I have a new corner desk now. You've got a vibe
0: <laughs> going on in your little back. Over I there. do. I
1: got to have something that makes me smile. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my desk area. I got some lights. I got some lamps. Just make it as cozy as possible. Well,
0: because you do spend a lot of time in the newsroom. A lot of people yeah. think that we spend most of our time in the studio because this is the only place that they see us. They see us here on TV, but there is a lot more that goes into mm-hmm. your day than the half hour or hour show that you're doing. Let's run through a typical Thursday or whatever day that you want to run through. Just tell me kind of your duties here that people don't get to see whoever wants to go first. Do you
2: want us to start like waking up or like when we get here? Let's do the, the whole morning.
0: day. <laughs> I up. want to hear David as soon as you blink your eyes open.
2: <laughs> so I have a six month old mm-hmm. at home. So my day will start anywhere from three thirty in the morning until five thirty in the morning. We call Emma our human alarm clock. (laughs) So we we just kind of wake up whenever the human alarm clock decides to wake up, uh, feed her, change her, get her ready for daycare. And then I'm typically out the door 6.15-ish to hit the YMCA there, get my workout in. And then I'm running in the door here 9.30, 9.45 upstairs to our morning meeting until about 1030 From 10.30 until noon, I'm working on 9 and 10 News at noon, checking scripts, uh, getting stuff ready for that show. Then from noon to 12.30, we're on the air doing 9 and 10 News at noon. Then I've got a break, a little bit of a break, uh, between 12.30 and roughly 2.30-ish, where I'll work on my Cold Case series, my Unsolved podcast and TV series, do my sports Director stuff, sports management duties, checking on the sports squad to make sure everything is going okay with them. And from three o'clock until right up until five o'clock, I'm looking at the clock right now as if like it's going to help me answer this question.
0: <laughs> Give me guidance. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's
2: 2:40 right now. And that's doing absolutely nothing for me. But from 3:30 until right up until five o'clock, it's go time. Getting ready for the five o'clock show. And when I say right up until five o'clock. I mean right up until 5 o'clock. There can be stuff that comes in at 4.45 that is pressing enough that we have to find a way to sneak it into the show. We're on the air from 5 until 6 o'clock, and I'll typically go home right around 6 o'clock, get home, 6.30, see what Emma needs, attend to her needs for the next two hours or whenever she decides to fall asleep and wake up and do it all again in the morning.
0: And that's a day in the life. And
2: that's a day in the life. And
0: then we wake up and do it all over mm-hmm. again. Then we'll
2: wake up again in the morning anywhere between 3.30 and 5.30 in the morning.
0: Whenever that cute, adorable, yeah. and awesome <laughs> little human alarm clock wants to wake up. Yep. What about you, Katie?
1: Well, my day looks a little different. I work typically night side, which is like two to ten o'clock ish. So I wake up around nine or ten o'clock, um, depending. Um, I also go to the Y. Uh, I we just see, see. We I just, never see just run it, into yeah. each other. Oh, weird. <laughs> um, but I try to go to the Y, and then I get my lunch dinner together as much as I can, um, get all of my stuff together for work. I come in around two. Um, I have a couple different like on-air stuff that I have to do. They're called news breaks, and they just kind of pop up. They're like 30 second, like, here's what's coming up tonight at five.
0: And people who are viewers see those. I mean, it's a commercial, basically. Yeah, and that's something that I think a
1: lot of people don't realize. We do a lot of that kind of behind the scenes in between shows. Mm -hmm. Um, So I come in, I do that. Um, I kind of read whatever scripts are in. Then three o'clock is our afternoon meeting. So I attend that, kind of take notes on what's going on for the day. Uh, And then, like David said, it's like from 3.30 on is go time for the five. And and then after the five, while David gets to go home, I have like an hour break from six to like 645, seven, where I get ready for the seven o'clock show on local 32. Um, and then after the seven, I get a little bit of a break. I get to eat with our nightside side crew. We have kind of really bonded and which is it's probably my favorite part of the day is just to get to sit down with them and kind of goof off and just talk about random stuff. Um, and then we come back around 8 o'clock, and I get ready for the 10 o'clock. Uh, so I'm either reading over scripts, new scripts that are for the 10 o'clock, also on Local 32, know, um, reading over anything from our nightside reporter and, just kind of getting ready from there and
0: then go home around 1045-ish. There is so much work that goes on behind the scenes. And like you guys said, it is all hands on deck. It is go time, but then there are also times where we just get to hang out and Mm -hmm. laugh with each other. And I seriously have had some of the best moments, some of my hardest belly laughs here at work. I mean, there is nothing like the relationship that you have with your coworkers, especially in this business, I think.
2: Mm -hmm. Today I gave you a hard time because you figured out how to put printer. (laughs) <laughs> or put printer, put paper in the printer for the first time. No,
0: Katie, this Lord, is where no, no, no. you got here. This is literally just, just a like couple some, hours some ago. I printed these papers with that printing job. So what happened was, <laughs> I printed. Uh-huh. My papers did not come out of the printer like they're supposed to. Of course. Typically when that happens, I'm going to just out myself here. I just send it to a different printer. <laughs> right. I go back to my desk. Right. I'll send it to printer two instead <laughs> of printer one. Because I'm not going to load it. Well, no. I have no interest How? in loading the printer. So that's yeah. someone else's child <laughs> I can take care of that. Well, I tried to do that today. And it wasn't an option i was like oh shoot i'm gonna have to do this (laughs) so now i need to go find paper so now i go upstairs to find paper which is sometimes a battle
1: in itself sometimes there's paper Mm -hmm. down there and then other times you're like okay i gotta go up to the supply closet
0: upstairs exactly exactly so after i went on that scavenger hunt i brought down the paper with no assistance all by myself Mm -hmm. i put the paper into the printer and my paper came out that I had printed earlier, earlier. So I said out loud to the newsroom, I had to make an announcement, obviously. I said, uh, don't want to brag or anything, but I just loaded the printer and I self-printed all by itself. So we're good. And, and yeah, David I was-
2: congratulated you that on
0: that
2: accomplishing a basic office task for your first time in eight years as an employee
0: here. And you had a pretty good line, David. What did you say? Something about millennials, what they're afraid of at work? Yeah,
2: like millennials, will to, to avoid a task, we will not- fix the problem. We'll just go, up, like, we'll find a different way to accomplish the same the same task. So instead of reloading the printer because we're afraid of breaking it, and I mean, let's face it, ch- changing out a printer sometimes can be as complicated as changing the oil on your car. Yeah. yeah. We'll just print to a different location. Right. If we have to replace silverware, I'm kind of outing myself now in this. If we have to replace silverware and someone says, oh, just go find it up in the supply closet, we won't go find it in the supply closet <laughs> mm-hmm. because we're terrified of going into the supply closet. Mm-hmm. So we'll just go to the other kitchen in the office and take spoons from that kitchen. Yes,
0: yes. And yeah. no one will know.
2: So no. I apologize to traffic and sales upstairs if they've ever been missing spoons, but I was the one that took
0: so them. This is your formal apology. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> that is the best. I absolutely love it. Uh, so now you guys going to have these laughs together and you guys are working hard side by side. Um, David,
3: mm-hmm.
0: put on some earmuffs. Okay. Close your ears oh. Oh. right now. Okay. <laughs> Katie, what is David like? Tell me I some heard nice everything. <laughs> Tell me some nice things about David. I know you kind of already started. Yeah, well, he's very serious, but in a good way
1: is the best way to describe it. You're serious, but you, you're on task. You know what to do. You're like, okay, I got this. Blah, it's like blah, a, blah, a Batman blah, blah.
2: moment. Why so serious?
1: <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way. Um, I typically like look to you to look over scripts. Sometimes I'm like, mm, David, can you double? <laughs> Even if I've looked it over, I'm like, can you double check it? Because I'm a doozy. I'm still not confident in looking over scripts. I've only done anchoring for, well, as time flies, a year. But I'm still mm-hmm. not confident, regardless. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, David, can you can you double check my work? <laughs> um, David is always good, uh, especially just for. Um, you know, talking when I was a reporter, I feel like I went to you constantly with questions and like just as a journalist, somebody to look up to. And that kind of new sense like that. I feel like that kind of comes naturally for you. Um, you're just so professional, too, with the audience. Uh, but you also kind of have. No, no. You just have a little bit of fun too, like <laughs> just your, enough fun. Your weathered yeah, just enough fun, but not too much fun. Um, I also look forward to every time uh, little Emma photos and little like Emma videos, like here's what Emma did today, or like Emma blew out her diaper at daycare today again. <laughs> <matching>. Mwah, whatever, <laughs> you know, just like fun Even stuff real- like that. That. I don't know. You you come across as like very serious. You're serious about your job, but then I get to see this side of you. Like you're a new dad and you're just mm-hmm. figuring things out. And mm-hmm. I like seeing that that side of you. <laughs>
2: I have new photos to show you today, during the
1: perfect.
0: Awesome. Oh, I
3: want We, to you to we <laughs> got, got
1: awesome. your photos today. <laughs> perfect.
0: All right, Katie, your turn. Your must cover your ears. You can't hear me right now. David, say nice things about Katie.
2: Katie is very caring. And she's very passionate. And that really came through for me in February when you talked about Michigan State University. Mm -hmm. And that was you just being, I'll use the word brutally, uh, brutally raw and brutally honest about how that shooting impacted you as a Michigan State University student. And I think that's a great example of someone showing the personal side of news. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who have a misconception that we enjoy these things, that we thrive off of breaking news.
1: And sometimes we do. And sometimes
2: we do. Breaking news is a big, big part of this job. It's a big, big part of this industry. But I would be a happy man if I never had to go on the air and talk about another school shooting Mm -hmm. ever again. That would make my career, if I never, ever, ever have to do that again, to talk about kids dying at a school because they were shot to death. And to see Katie give that human side, that personal side of this is not just another shooting. And that's not to push aside all the other shootings Mm -hmm. that have happened here, but to show this impacts us. It was an opportunity to show that we struggle with these stories sometimes. And this was one that impacted a lot of people Mm -hmm. here in the state. It really did. And we cover a lot of really, really sad stuff. And I think I saw it as how, how raw you were willing to be with the audience and I think that that was that was very important for people to see and I think it was very courageous to do that because that's not something that's easy to do
0: mm-hmm. especially Thank in
2: you. a situation like that when yeah. it was less than 24 hours old
0: right right and then you guys can kind of sit back and relax and have fun and tell jokes mm-hmm. and Katie I think that you are always so lighthearted and willing to make you know any situation just a little bit easier for everybody else yeah. i think that you would probably agree with that david right
2: mm-hmm. yeah it, I, it, I try it, it, put, it put a very <laughs> personal side to a story yeah. mm-hmm. as if it wasn't already personal enough mm-hmm. for people yeah.
0: here mm-hmm. in the state. Well, thank you. That means a lot. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Lightening it up just okay. a little bit. What is the wildest thing that you guys have ever covered or encountered in TV news? I mean, we're live on the air for however many hours a day. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. Stuff gets crazy. <laughs> What's the wildest thing that you guys have
1: ever come across? Probably a couple months ago when Trump was indicted. And that was a crazy thing and they just got in my ear and they're like, okay, he was indicted, figured out we're gonna go to like a CBS special report and I'm you know, trying to think on my feet. David wasn't there for that day of course he wasn't so I was by myself but um you know trying to think on your feet and I literally I'm like okay what would David do (laughs) (laughs) so I tried as much as I could it wasn't the greatest but you know that's another thing that I also like working with David is um I learn a lot from him and I I learn every day like oh I can do it that way or oh I can talk you know you know, kind of describe this situation like this, or, you know, I don't always have to be so serious or go off the script mm-hmm. necessarily. Like I can kind of throw in whatever word that makes me, you know, feel better about or that sounds more comfortable to me, mm-hmm. I should say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is just the craziest thing that oh. you've encountered in TV news? What, yeah, you know, like so that was funny, maybe? That was crazy.
1: Um, oh, gosh. Um, Probably um, one of my favorite stories recently, recently as in the last time that I, uh, one of the last times I reported uh, was a woman who recovered from uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. She was one of the worst cases in the state of Michigan and she recovered and she came back to Munson Cadillac and thanked the doctors and nurses that helped her recover and that was... Kind of full circle for me because coming in to this job during COVID and seeing just the numbers of people, you know, dying from COVID, being diagnosed with COVID, being in the hospital with COVID, um, it was depressing and it was a lot. And to see her a year later come back and thank the people that helped her. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a full circle moment for me. I know it definitely was for her, but it it was also for me too, because I kind of got closure of like, okay, maybe, you know, there is some good that comes from COVID and, um, you know, there are people who do recover from this. So while it's not wild and crazy, it wasn't like the craziest breaking news thing ever. It's just something that sticks out in my mind of my time here at nine and 10. Um, and,
0: that was wild and crazy to me. What about you, David? Are
2: you talking wild stories <laughs> or favorite stories?
0: <laughs> wild, just wild. like something unexpected, like something <laughs> like, oh, you gotta like see it to believe it.
2: There's a few. <laughs> um, <laughs> I th- the first one was the uh, 2016 presidential election, especially here in Michigan. Michigan became a battleground state for the first time in a long time. Uh, I think since the eighties, we, we were in play and, um, The first taste that i got of that was when donald trump came as a candidate right around christmas of 2015 and we went down to uh, grand rapids to cover the rally and that was my first kind of big exposure to rubbing elbows with the other national media outlets but we got there and the arena was just packed and people were on fire for him as a candidate and that for me was when it really hit me of like this guy's serious and he has a legitimate shot of becoming the Republican nominee, because there was passion in that arena that night. And that kind of made me think, this is gonna be a little different of an election cycle. Then we started getting the debates and covering the debates in Flint and Detroit. There was the week leading up to the election where Trump was here, I think three times, Pence was here, Uh, Tim Kaine was here, Hillary Clinton was here within hours of Donald Trump, like all relatively close to our viewing area. I remember going to Detroit on a Sunday to cover Trump, coming back up here to trade photographers, going down to Ann Arbor to cover President Obama, who was coming in to rally for Clinton, coming back up here to head down to Grand Rapids for election night, then over to Detroit for election night, and then covering the aftermath of that um, at the Democratic campaign headquarters and seeing them kind of shell-shocked at what had happened. And that whole phase for me really hit me if we have a front row seat to history mm-hmm. when we do this job. And, and that's one of the reasons I got into this job. Um, the entire year of 2020 was wild for me, starting with the pandemic and how that changed everything, how it changed how we did our jobs, the floods down in Midland covering those. And then there was the plot against Governor Whitmer, the plot to cover her life. Caleb's over there. We were all over Northern (laughs) Michigan that day. I think we worked like 12, 13 hours that day. We're watching the arraignment. And I just remember looking back at him and going, Holy cow. Mm -hmm. Because we were getting all these signals across the state that day that something big was happening. There was a police raid with a bunch of state police officers not far from our station. There was a police raid downstate with like the FBI and state police. We're hearing the governor's going to talk at three o'clock. Nestle's going to talk at one o'clock. And I'm just thinking this has to be something so massive and so monumental to, to to have them pulling all of these pieces together. And I looked at Caleb right before the arraignment started and I said, I wonder if it was some sort of threat against the governor's life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And five minutes later, my jaw hit the floor
3: mm-hmm.
2: as, as they're rolling out. And I know a lot of people have their opinions on it, and, and a lot of stuff came out later with with this case, but in that moment it was like the third crazy insane story that we're having to cover in 2020. And it's happening in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we're just we were off to the races at that point. And I got to cover some of the trials, some of the verdicts in that case, some of the plea deals. Um, and it was at the Capitol during COVID and the protests that were happening there. And mm-hmm. then the people expressing frustrations with the restrictions that were being put into place and wanting those to be lifted. So that's a little snippet of th- the craziness that, that I remember, but it was mm-hmm. a front row seat to all of this that was happening.
0: And that is my favorite. And I always say that Mm -hmm. same thing too, David. And it is really just such a privilege to be able to dissect all of these big breaking stories into digestible information for our viewers. And I think Mm that that's a a privilege and an honor that none of us takes lightly by any means. But if you guys weren't in news, what would you be doing? It's hard to think about because I feel like we just eat. Breathe, live, sleep, news, you know? So it's hard to think of anything else, but was there ever a different path or anything that you guys were considering before? Uh, Probably IT for me.
1: Really? Um, Which is, yeah, kind of crazy. My dad was an IT director um, at a company downstate, and I kind of was really into all the technology stuff that he was doing. I attempted to take IT classes in college, but that didn't really work out. Um, But I'm sure if I pushed and had more of a passion for it, I'd probably be in IT. All right,
0: nice, what about you, David?
2: There was a phase where I wanted to do sports announcing, but uh, had a kind of rough internship with the baseball team that involved riding on a Greyhound (laughs) bus that was built in 1976, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was not a good experience so that 's what I originally went into college wanting to do was play by play sports announcing and just didn't didn't work out um, I think if i wasn't in news travel planner maybe mm-hmm. I like traveling and planning vacations and, and planning trips and adventuring adventuring that's a word <laughs> around, uh, around different uh, so. different parts um, there's a time in my life where I wanted to go into politics but again kind of Did some job shadowing and was like, yeah, this is not, this is not for me. I'll report on the sausage making. I don't want to be the one (laughs) that's in the kitchen making the sausage. Um, And I've also always been really fascinated by uh, criminal profilers Mm -hmm. and like FBI negotiators. Um, That's just, if there's a second career out there for me to have, I think that might be something that, you know, that I'd like to kind of dip my hands in or dip my toe in is working as either, as either a hostage negotiator or as a uh, as a criminal profiler
0: all right, so little baby David had a couple of things. Yeah, there's there's online. a lot going on,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> little baby Katie was going to possibly be in IT. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about little baby Katie and little baby David. What were you guys, you know, what was childhood like? Where'd you guys grow up? Kind of get into that. Well, I am from downstate,
1: uh, Canton, Michigan, not Canton, Ohio. <laughs> a lot of we people say Canton, Ohio. <laughs> Canton, Michigan. Um, I went to Catholic school <laughs> for 12 years. Um, that was really important to my parents that I go to a school where I not only learn, but I also share my faith too. Um, and that's something that I feel like I've, I've grown in as well. Um, so I went to Catholic school for 12 years, then I went to Michigan State, uh, graduated during the pandemic, 2020. Um, well, graduated, I say in air <laughs> quotes, it was more like, okay, you're
0: done. Thanks.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll send you your. So crazy. My heart goes out to everybody in your class and who experienced college that way. It was very weird. Um,
1: I as much as I felt bad for my class, I felt even worse for all the classes after me because they kind of got it. A lot harder than we did. We just had maybe half a semester left mm-hmm. and you know we were just finishing up classes. We had our jobs all set pretty much you know and we were kind of looking forward whereas everybody else you know sophomores and juniors in college they're looking for forward to their senior years. They have all their classes that may, they need to complete and you know all of that kind of flipped upside down really in just a day. Um, so as much as Thank you. The, the pity, of course, for kids who graduated in class of 2020, it's, it's, it was even worse for, for kids in the classes before me, yeah. behind me, yeah. I should say. Mm-hmm.
2: Baby David grew up between Mayo and Fairview in Oscoda County, up in the northeast part of the state. So a northern Michigan boy, born and raised. Went to Fairview High School, very, very small graduating class, just 37 seniors. In wow. that graduating class. Yeah. So you That's know it.
0: everybody's grandmother's maiden yeah. names, everybody's social security number. You know
2: everybody's business. There yeah. are no secrets in the school or in the town. I went to Central Michigan University down in Mount Pleasant for four years. Fire, fire, up, fire up chips. chips. Graduated <laughs> I didn't in. I go there, I
0: just like to say it. People you went so to uh, Illinois. People love that. It is I-L-L. <laughs> I L L. I N I. I know, nice. so I know, I know, I know so the chance. <laughs>
2: Uh, started here as an intern when i was still in school in 2014 and the rest is history started here a month after i graduated in 2015 the news director at the time was very generous said take a month off uh, just travel do whatever take time off figure your life out and then you know be here on june 1st at 9am ready to start the day <laughs> <laughs> so
0: and here we are
2: and here we are yeah how
0: many years later 9
2: years later wow yeah. 9 total years later and this this June will mark eight years on air. here.
0: Wow, that's crazy! Seem like it. Happy early anniversary! Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. You. You, you brought cake. Yeah, I will have cake for you. I, I will.
2: I will have cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's leftover ice cream from a shoot maybe a couple months ago that's still in the freezer here. We'll Jennifer, put a candle on it, and will call it good. Your off generosity off the freezer burn, is, yeah. is <laughs> It is weird to think about all those years too. I'm also mm-hmm. celebrating my six-year anniversary here at Nine and Ten News in June. Yeah. Which is so wild. I mean, time just flies, oh, wow. especially up here. I really, really think it does. But when you guys are not here, what are you up to? Maybe, David, let's start with you. Because your <laughs> beautiful daughter, Emma, yeah. is taking up a lot of your time now. She's six months old, which Pretty is Pretty much all the time, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so when I'm not here, it's her. Mm-hmm. Whatever she needs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to nap if she's going to let us nap. Uh, sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. And she's kind of getting into that age now where we can leave the house and, and, go, and go on more adventures, which is nice. But it's pretty much her. She runs the house. She runs the schedule when uh, when we're not here.
0: Emma's the boss. Emma's the boss. <laughs> the tiny boss.
2: A very tiny <laughs> boss, yes.
0: How has it changed your perspective just on everything, uh, on life? I mean, wow, you've been in yeah. bed for that's six a, months that's, now. That's I a feel deep like...
2: question I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like it just changes um, everything, obviously.
2: Yeah, because you, you suddenly have a tiny human being whose survival is totally dependent on your actions or your inactions. You're, you're, you're completely responsible Mm
3: -hmm. for them.
2: They, they are 100% totally reliant on you. And, and, and that's, that's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure. Um, I will say if you want to fall even more in love with somebody, watch them give birth mm-hmm. uh i'm just in awe of what my wife did mm-hmm. and what she went through it, it's it's a blur for me so i can't even imagine what it what it, what it's like um for her but what she went through to bring emma into the world is remarkable it,
3: is a superstar. That,
2: that's yeah i mean just just hands off to her and that's not nearly enough to to say um but it, it, it definitely changes you. It's hard to say how it changes you. Um, but, like, when, when when they're brought out, and it's different for, for guys and, and, and girls. I think women feel that connection a little mm-hmm. sooner sooner than guys because they're obviously carrying um, the baby. But when when that baby comes out, there's just something in you that changes. Mm-hmm. Like, you you look at them, and there's something that you say, and that here's, like, mine.
0: Oh, like, I just got mine. the chills. Like, like you're,
2: you're part of me. And, and I, there, there's not a word, I think, in the English language that... that Mm -hmm. that describes that moment when you see it. And it's just like an instant connection. Mm -hmm. Like it's there. There's not even a time measurement for how instant that connection is. Like you just know Mm -hmm. like mine, like you're part of me forever. Um, That's the other thing too, is she's with you forever. She's with me and Lori for the rest of our lives. She's totally dependent on, uh, on us for the rest of our lives Maybe not for a car or for or for a college fund, but
0: uh, <laughs> figure it out, Emma. She, she's with us for, for the
2: for the rest of our lives. Well,
0: Emma is a very lucky little lady to have I you like to and Lori so. as parents. What about you, Katie? When you're not here, what are you up to? Well,
1: uh, usually when I'm not here, I am either thinking of uh, maybe crafts to do for our crafting with the Katie segment that we do every Wednesday. Um, well, we film it every Wednesday airs every Friday. Um, but I like to kind of figure out, maybe look on Pinterest, TikTok, kind of see what are some of the cool things that people are doing that maybe Katie and I can do. Um, otherwise on my day off, i do all the boring things. I go grocery shopping. I call my mom. I call my grandparents. That's not boring. <laughs> to them, definitely That's not. Being a good
2: daughter and granddaughter.
1: Yeah, it is. it is. It is. And I try as much as possible to try and go down and see them. It can be hard with this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, things can get busy, but um, you know I love to stay in touch with, especially my grandparents. How they're going. How what. What's going on in their world? And they may be like, oh, I'm just doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, tell me about them. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your doctor's appointment was about. Yeah. Um, and then my mom, she's a uh, elementary school librarian. Uh, so she has all the crazy stories. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> of all the little kids and just the crazy stuff that happens at school. Um, So I love talking with her, too. Um, I recently got back into reading, which is something that I used to do as a kid all the time. And then when I got to college, kind of got burnt out of it. So I am now kind of back into reading a lot of, like, thrillers, um, a lot of murder mysteries, um, also a lot of historical fiction, too. I love historical fiction. So that's pretty much what I do on my... My day off it's kind of boring but you know it's a nice chill day to kind of unplug from from
0: work well and you need to because like i think you were saying it david earlier that we just tackle these tough stories mm-hmm. day in and day out and sometimes we're repeating them over and over and over and it really does take a toll on you so you need those things to be able to decompress and yeah. unplug like you said yeah yeah it's tough it's
1: definitely needed, and I know that was one thing that when I was in school, you know, have somebody to talk to that's outside of your job, who you can talk to, and that's that's my mom. That's always my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can get a different perspective on things. Um, because she watches the news too. She's she and my dad are the reason why I'm here and doing what I am doing because I watch the news with them every night. Mm-hmm. And so my mom keeps up with everything and she watches 9 and 10 religiously when I'm on and you know just to get like a behind the scenes look at things and maybe to talk to about, you know, school shootings or anything else that's going on. I we had a Long conversation about uh, the Alpina um, uh, slingshot Mm -hmm. um, story, too, with the attempted kidnapping. I mean, that was just an insane story, too.
0: Yeah. And for our viewers who don't know, there was a a 13-year-old boy who witnessed his sister possibly getting kidnapped, his eight-year-old sister. And so he grabbed a slingshot and was able to yeah. hit the person who was possibly taking his sister. I mean, that just is crazy. wild, yeah. just wild. I mean, he's a hero. He saved his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, <clears throat>
1: just talking about things like that, you know, and having that outlet of somebody who who knows, but then also kind of doesn't know maybe the behind the scenes, you know, that's really needed in my opinion.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. And there is so much behind the scenes. What is something that you think people would be surprised to hear about you or surprised to hear about the station or surprised to hear about just news in general, Um, what do you think would be like, whoa, I didn't know that. Maybe you're 11 bobbleheads on your desk. I I have have (laughs) like (laughs) a (laughs) dozen bobbleheads on (laughs) my desk. Um,
2: I think there's a misconception out there that we're not human, Mm -hmm. that we're somehow robots that sit there and just read whatever's given to us on the prompter, and that could not be further from the truth. Um, you know, I'll see comments say, "Well, why, why was David Lydon stuttering through this script, or why'd he stammer here, or there was a lot of stuttering tonight, and it just looks unprofessional. Well, for starters, we're human. We're, there, there's, there's gonna be mistakes. There, there's, there's gonna be words that we trip over. I had two scripts earlier this week that just, I fumbled them
3: mm-hmm.
2: completely for whatever reason. I'd read through them a dozen times before coming onto the air, And I messed them up. I I screwed it up. But at the same time, that morning, I was up at 3.30 in the morning with my wife and a screaming baby. Like, by 5 o'clock, good luck to anybody getting through an hour-long show without struggling over a few words. There's days I have a sore throat. There's days you're just tired. I I think there's a misconception out there that we just sit here, you know, stiff-bodied, read the script, read the news, and we have to deliver it. Perfectly, I I think people forget that we're humans. Mm -hmm. We have emotions around stories, too. We feel the same pain that people feel around other stories. We feel the same frustrations sometimes people feel (laughs) around other stories. And we go home to our families at the end of the day like everybody else. Mm -hmm. We've got families at at, at home. We've got kids at home. Sometimes we see people here more than we see our families on any given day. And I, I, I hope that's something that people don't take for granted. Um, when, when they see us is there, there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into this job and it's not always easy on the home front.
0: Very true. Well said. What about you, Katie?
1: I would say that we, especially us ladies, we get ready by ourselves. We don't have like a makeup crew, a hair crew, a stylist, like we do all of that by ourselves. And I think Maybe some people are kind of, you know, realizing that now, but there's still a lot of people. I get a lot of comments of like, well, who did your makeup today? Like, me. <laughs> I'm the makeup and hair crew. Thank you. <laughs> if you hate it, me too, probably. I was just not feeling it that day. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you but, have
2: five minutes to do it.
1: Right, too. exactly. I I sit at my desk and I do my makeup and I read scripts because um, I've just... That's just how I find it's easiest to go through. And when you have such a short amount of time, you know, I'll do I'll do my face then I'll read some scripts and then I'll do my lips and then read some scripts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I'm not like just sitting around waiting for somebody else to go over Mm -hmm. a script, um, you know, getting my hair done, getting my nails done. Like it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. Um, And I think that's something that people really don't realize.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you had somebody coming to visit, where would you take them in Northern Michigan? What are some of your favorite spots to go exploring and sightseeing and tasting and whatever it may be?
1: Good old Traverse City. Yeah. (laughs) There's, um, And the city changes constantly, too. Um, So there's always something new to go see. Uh, My grandparents are actually from Grayling originally. Um, So I'd probably take, hint, hint, Mom, I'd probably take you to Grayling and see. Because then she'll, you know, she'll watch some stories that I used to do in Grayling and she'll be like, Oh, that that isn't there anymore, or oh, this <laughs> this new business is in and like yeah, mom, things change. It's not <laughs> it's not stuck in the '80s like when you used to come up. So I'd love to take her to Grayling, see all the sights and the sounds of
0: Grayling. I love it. Good <laughs> answer. What about you, David?
2: I would say anywhere in Northwest Michigan, Petoskey, Harbor Springs, Charlevoix, oh, yes. Traverse City, uh, Leelanau County. It's just I think it's one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Um, and then, I mean, I got to, I would take them to my hometown and grab a canoe or grab a couple tubes and float down the river. Uh, the Osama river River is just, I mean, that is such a huge part of, of Mayo. It's, it's a huge part of Northern Michigan with the canoe marathon, but you know, there's nothing like a nice two and a half hour float or a four hour float down the river from the, the Mayo dam down to Cummins flats on a hot sunny day with the, with a cold one sitting Sitting in the tube with you, and you're just sitting there letting the current carry you. Doesn't get
0: much like, there's, better there's than that, that no, right? There's nothing that beats music. it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, nothing beats that um. on, on a hot July or August day, oh, just floating down that. the estable.
1: And if they haven't, uh, Mackinac Island too. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's my other favorite. That's place. kind of a must yeah. too.
2: Yeah, Rum Madden Runner Island
0: is magic, magical. Yeah, just yeah. magical. Got
2: to get a Rum Runner
0: with it's, the floater. With
2: the
3: floater, <laughs> yes. always. Oh yeah!
0: Oh yeah! Yeah. Uh, Just wrapping it up here. I want to get into some rapid fire questions. So since there are two of you, I'm thinking we'll rock paper scissors it out, and then whoever loses has to go first for the rapid fire. Is it rock paper
2: scissors or rock paper scissors shoot?
0: I think rock rock, paper scissors scissors, shoot. Obviously, yeah. For sure, for sure. All right. So if you guys want to go, I'm serious. Rock (laughs) paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. All right. Shoot. All right. All right. All right. So you're going first. Okay. Okay. Favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Stuffing.
2: My mom's cheesy potatoes.
0: Ooh. With bacon. Last Ooh. thing you watched on TV? RuPaul's Drag Race?
2: <laughs> TV or streaming? Because TV was Michigan this morning.
0: Nice answer! Period. Streaming was
2: a documentary on MH370.
0: Okay. Worst present you've ever received? On Netflix, Netflix. I've seen that one. Oh, nice, (laughs) nice. Worst present you've ever received? You don't have to out them and say their name. Worst present? (laughs) You're like, ah, this is from Christmas of 2016. (laughs) Pass, I
1: guess. I don't think I've ever gotten like a terrible present. There was
2: one year, it was after I'd started here, that my dad handed me a package and I opened it up and there were these gaudy ties. From like the late '70s and early '80s, stop. And I just sat there like I'm just saying thank you. Like (laughs) he probably doesn't know. I'm just I'm being a nice son, saying thank you for being thoughtful, Dad. Really thinking like I'm just gonna go chuck these things in the garbage as soon as I get home. (laughs) Turns out it was a gag gift. No, I had to sit there the whole Christmas morning opening presents with my family, pretending to be grateful. Were like, And these weren't like regular ties like I'm wearing right now for people wearing. This is somewhat like a kind of a narrow tie. These were like the wide bodied like width of a tire ties and, and from the 1980s. Them? And they were so good. You know what I'm talking about if you're from the, from the 70s or the 80s. And I just had to sit there and pretend to be thankful for them the so whole time. I don't think it was necessarily up. Up. Finally, my dad looked at me because I was just saying thank you. And I think he could tell that I was getting a little frustrated saying thank you for what was... Clearly not a gift. Like, I clearly was not giving off the I'm truly thankful for this gift. He finally looks at me after 10 minutes and goes, Dave, it's a joke. It's a gag <laughs> gift. I got it to you, gave it to you as a joke. It was like ties he'd had sitting in his closet for the past 20 years or
0: Unbelievable. something. So I
2: don't that, know if it was a bad gift or just like, I guess, maybe an embarrassing Christmas story.
0: That is amazing. You just kind of like miss the mark. Yeah. That's like when you're waving to somebody far away down the hallway. And then somebody like kind of in the middle of you and that person is like waving back. Like, nope, that was for... That person back there, but we'll wave, no problem. (laughs) Last question I have for you guys, and this one is my absolute favorite part of the podcast. I would love for you both to share a little sunshine. I think that we can all bring a little sunshine wherever we go, no matter what the forecast calls for. So what is your sunshine? Maybe a favorite quote, words you live by, absolutely anything that you'd like to end on today. I think
1: mine is there's there's always tomorrow. Some days there's days that I cannot just get a word out. And I feel like I look gross. I feel like I just am not doing a good enough job at my job. Um, But then, you know, there's always tomorrow. If I make a mistake or anything, I learn from it. And then, you know, you move on. There's Mm -hmm. always tomorrow. And that's the great thing
2: about this industry is there's always another chance. If you don't have the best show, if you don't have the best story, You get to try it all again tomorrow with a clean slate. Especially in a 24-hour news cycle, you you get to try to do a great story again the next day. That's not always the case in other professions. Sometimes you have to wait weeks to try again at that project. Here, you get to try 12 hours later Mm -hmm. to to learn from your mistake and put it into practice. Amazing. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay, okay, (laughs) I can go. Um, There's two quotes that I try to live by, I guess, or that I just really like. Um, They're both from Saints. The first is from St. Catherine of Siena. Um, If you want to read her life, you're talking about somebody who saw some things (laughs) back in, in, in her time. And she used to say, if you become all that you are meant to be, you'll set the world on fire. And I think that's true, especially in this industry, that if you live up to your potential, if you become everything that you're capable of becoming as a journalist, proverbially, you're going to set the world on fire. People are going to be more informed. People are going to be better educated. People are going to make better decisions, and they're going to have better communities if you try to be the best journalist that you can be. And the second comes from St. Pope John Paul II. Uh, you want to talk about another guy who <laughs> saw some things in his life. You're talking about a guy who who at one point said, I lost everyone I loved By the time he was a teenager, he'd lost his brother, he lost his father and he lost his mother. He saw his friends being taken by the Nazis. He saw the Nazis come into his country and wipe out culture, um, wipe out Jewish culture, try to wipe out Catholic culture. He had to be in the underground Catholic church. He became a priest in secret. He stood up against communism. He saw what communism did to his country and his whole life, he kept saying, be not afraid. If there was a guy out there who had a reason to be afraid, <laughs> this was the guy. And he consistently said all around the world, be not afraid. And there's a lot of times right now where it's, it's okay to be afraid. And, and you can feel afraid. But I think back to what he went through and what he saw. And I just try to remember every day, be not afraid. Be not afraid.
0: That is perfect. I love it. Yeah. David Linen, Katie Barecki, thank you so much for coming on. We're off script. Of Thanks course. for having.